Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm your host, I'm Louis Shackshaft. Uh, today we've got James Vickers, who's not been with us for a while, but he is back. And the other person that we've managed to recruit is Max Hayes. Um, it's great to have you with us, Max. Uh, do you want to just give everyone you know, a quick intro about yourself and what you're all about, mate? Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Max, big football fan, uh, Forest fan, so obviously follow the championship um, a lot, as well as a lot of other football. Um, do a YouTube channel on Forest. I've done since uh, about the age of 12. I think I was 13 when I met you, Louis, at the Blogging Awards, so I was quite young. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, it doesn't sound that great, does that? <laughs> does it? Um, no, but um, no, so I do that, and uh, now I do cover the FA Cup for Mitre, and uh, well, was, but due to COVID now, was uh, I was originally working on a um, football show with the BBC, but that's on hold now until Christmas, unfortunately. But that's all what I do, talk about football mainly. And uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Max D. Hayes. Perfect, Max. Like I say, it's great to have you with us. And then we've got James back also. It's been a while, James, since you've been on the show, but I'm sure you're um, as eager to talk about Preston and obviously the championship as, as much as the rest of us. So let's get to it. Uh, the first topic is talking us through your big wins and surprises from the most recent games. So, James, do you want to get at it and uh, pick out a few clubs that won or surprised you over the weekend? Yeah, there was two for me going into it. I think I'll start with a Reading-Derby game. Um, Reading going to Derby for that one. I spoke to Simeon, obviously friend of the show, uh, a few weeks ago. Sort of over the summer and Mark Bowen was still at the helm and we were sort of discussing where we thought Reading had finished this season. I thought they'd do better than they finished last season. They sort of picked up a bit after Christmas, but with, and I always put your names on this show, uh, Velko Ponovic coming in, you know, a week or so before the season started, I thought, oh, is that Reading going back to sort of their old ways, chopping and changing? But I saw the highlights or the extended highlights of the Derby game and they were absolutely fantastic. I thought Derby, even though they've lost a few key players over the summer, that would have been a game that if I was putting a bet on before that, I would have expected Derby to win. And and Lucas Shaw, I mean, he was there or thereabouts last season. You know, a player that we've covered, you know, a lot on this show over the years. And I thought he yeah. was absolutely fantastic. I spoke to Simeon as well about Ajaria as well. He looked brilliant and you know, if Reading can continue in that kind of form over the course of this season, I'd expect them to be one of the dark horses for the playoffs. So was really impressed with them. Uh, another team that I was impressed with, but shouldn't come too much as a surprise, but I'll sort of get on to why I think it was a good result for them, was Norwich um, winning away at Huddersfield. Obviously, Dan staff to say Norwich have come down from the Premier League, so you'd expect them to be up at the top. But a team that come down from the Premier League who've been used to losing week in, week out, which Norwich were doing, especially sort of as football resumed again, it's very difficult to shake off that mentality of, of losing each week. And I thought Norwich were 
absolutely brilliant on the day. They could have had a few more. You know, Campwell was a little bit wasteful and on El Hernandez as well. I think Hernandez had four or five shots and, you know, you'd expect yeah. him to score at least one of them. So for them to go away against Huddersfield, which it's not a tricky place to go. I think Huddersfield, uh, their position last season where they finished, they could have finished a bit higher with the way that they were playing. So that's a vital win that for Norwich to set the tone for the season ahead. And I think if they can continue to keep hold of the likes of Kenny McLean, Timo Pukki, who I'm absolutely staggered that they've still got hold of him, and Todd Campwell, who I think is going to be a real key player for them this season. You know, they can have a very good season. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are competing in the automatic places come, you know, sort of Christmas and beyond. Yeah, thanks for that, James. Certainly a, a couple of clubs what got some big wins and both away wins there you've picked out. Um, let's come to you then, Max. Uh, any other teams or surprises from the weekend games? Yeah, I'd probably say Birmingham are up there with the um, with the 1-0 win over Brentford. I mean, for Birmingham, of course, Ita Karanka uh, coming in in the summer, ex-Forest manager as well. So me and the Forest fans will, you know, know his style of play very well. It was quite unfortunate that things didn't work out for him at Forest, but hopefully with the backing of the Birmingham owners and the Birmingham, Birmingham fans behind him as well, I, I think he'll do really well. And, and I think it was a really important result for Birmingham as well, because Brentford, of course, you know, you know, losing the playoff final... Last season, of course, they've only had a short pre-season to recover from it. And for Birmingham to go into the opening day and, and, and kind of beat them, of course, give Karanka his first win was um, was really good. Of course, Jeremy Bella for, for, for Birmingham. I mean, I think I can remember when he played against Forrest as well. As he scored, obviously, the first goal for them this season. I think he's done really well and um, he, he's a really good player. And I think Birmingham have a strong squad. I just don't think they've, they've always had the right management behind them. So... I think they're actually a bit of an underdog this season and especially under uh, Karanka as well. Probably another game uh, picking out, probably a um, bit of a surprise one actually, um, but probably something like Millwall, Stoke, even though they drew 0-0 against Millwall, I think Stoke are real contenders actually for the playoffs this season. Yep. Um, Michael O'Neill, of course, you know, everything like that. And they, they knocked Forrest out of the um, of the top six, of course, on, on, on the last day. And, and, I, and I looked at that Stoke side there and, They've added a few players to it, but but not not many over the summer. Um, but I think with the right manager in charge, because Nathan Jones wasn't the way forward for Stoke, so of course Michael O'Neill is in charge now. I think you know they're destined for, destined for success this season. Um, so they're probably the two key games for me. But yeah, Stoke and Birmingham are actually uh, probably my underdogs for the championship this season as well. Yeah, it's strange you said that because uh, on last week's show when we recorded, I said Birmingham and Stoke could be a, a couple <laughs> of dark horses. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, they'll finish in the playoff spots, but I think they'll be uh, in, in and around them uh, come the oh, end yeah, of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, the, the games you've both picked, actually, I'm surprised because uh, I've got three other games listed. So I'll quickly run through them. Uh, I'm going to start with my team, actually. It was just nice to get a clean sheet. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday going to Cardiff and winning 2-0. Obviously, we have points deduction as well. I really thought, you know, before the game that a point would have been nice. So to come away with a 2-0 victory was fantastic for them. Um, a couple more games. Teams that you'd probably consider to be near the bottom of the table come the end of the season, which probably sounds a bit harsh, but I thought Rotherham's win at Wickham was a great start for them. Uh, and then also, also Luton's win against Barnsley, which was also 1-0, was was a great win for them as well, and, and obviously something to build on for the remainder of the season. Uh, so let's go straight now into your standout players from the last set of games. So it's back to you, James. Who do you want to pick out as you know your best performers? 
Yeah, so I've got two again, uh, same as the games. First one, I, I wanted to talk about Sheffield Wednesday in the uh, sort of best wins of the weekend. I was hoping you'd go for that, Louis. So I'll uh, I'll single <laughs> yeah. out Josh Windass. Uh, I thought Brown in midfield was very good as well, but Josh Windass um, was brilliant. You know, got his goal, really sort of set the tempo for Wednesday. And Cardiff obviously is a very difficult place to go, and and with that points deduction that you've had, it was vital that you get off to a winning start. You saw. For example, Bolton last season in League One had that points deduction and just had a horrific start, and that really just you know crippled them by about October time. So, if Wednesday can get you know sort of four wins out of their opening six or seven, that puts them in a really great stead to kick on and, and get out of that trouble that they're in at the moment. And yeah, Windass is a player who's always been you know okay at this level. I've always wanted him to kick on. He's a player who's been linked with Preston numerous times, and. You know, if he can continue sort of how we started this season for you, I think he'll be a, a crucial player. Uh, other one, I, I mentioned him a little bit in the the Reading roundup there. I thought Lucas Shaw was absolutely fantastic. Ex-Sheffield Wednesday player as well, Louis, so you know a lot about him. Yeah. Never really prolific at, at Wednesday. Uh, I think he got about 25, 26 goals in sort of 112 or so games, um, looking at my notes, but he did all right for Reading last season, and I think with the way that they're playing and that link-up that he has with Ajaria, for example, for that second goal, you know, if if they can continue to sort of play how they've shown in glimpses in pre-season and also so far in that first game, you know, as I said, I think Reading will be a real sort of contender for, you know, dark course for the playoffs. Um, I thought Morgan Gibbs-White was brilliant against Preston. Pains me to say it, but he just absolutely bossed the midfield as well for Swansea. So I know I said two, but I've, I've got to mention Gibbs-White. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't my favourite player come five o'clock on Saturday evening. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with picking three players out, no problem. But yeah, I, I had Windass and Zhao both written down, both uh, getting a goal and a, an assist in, in their game. So let's come to Max. Hopefully he's not you know, taking a couple of the plays you wanted to say. Um, but yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put actually um, for for Norwich, um, Timu Puki, of, of course, uh, he, he got the assist um, for Norwich's his goal for a 1-0 win over Huddersfield. And I saw a lot on social media, a lot of Norwich fans worried about him not fitting, you know, back into the championship and adapting well. And a lot of uh, Norwich fans were surprised he didn't leave and, and 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 stay in the Premier League with another club. But I don't think any interest really came in for him that well. So, you know, he, he stays at Norwich and he goes and gets an assist on the for, in the first game. And actually speaking to um, one of my uh, friends, person I've done stuff on YouTube uh, with as well, who's a Norwich fan, is he said mm. he played really well. Probably another one w- would actually be, as it, as it pains me to say, it would be um, Lyndon Dykes for... QPR, of course, they beat Forest 2-0. I, th- I think he did really well. I think he stopped a lot of the Forest players. Uh, he-, he caused the defence a lot of trouble. Um, and, you know, he's only just joined, doesn't he, this summer from, I think it's Livingston. Correct me if I'm wrong. but um, I, I believe think, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just uh, I was, I was just thinking that as well. So he was probably a, a, another player and, and to, to go for three probably as well, <laughs> just to make it equal. Um, <laughs> like, like James did, I'd, I'd probably say somebody like Adam Armstrong for for Blackburn. I, I thought he I thought he did really well and have scored. Of course, even though Blackburn lost, but uh, lost, but again it was a five goal thriller. That was it was quite a nice opening day fixture. Bournemouth v Blackburn, so he's probably up there and, and, and another good player, another solid player. He always has been really for Blackburn. And um, again, I, I, I obviously Blackburn were kind of 
just up there as well uh, last season near the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to push a um, bit more of a better mount under Tony Mowbray as well. Yeah, definitely. I think Armstrong is probably one of the underrated players in this division. Yeah, he's, he's been good. He's been good for a few years now, hasn't he? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good that you picked him out. A couple more players I've got wrote down. I think that, you know, Cathart for Watford, he managed to get the goal in that game to give them that 1-0 victory. And obviously, he's a centre-back and had a, had a great game in defence also. And then the final player for me would be uh, Patterson for Bristol City, who managed to get uh, one goal and an assist in their 2-1 win over Coventry. So that takes us nicely into the topic proper now so I'm going to ask you and I know there's still 45 games remaining so it might be a good time to ask also but which player do you predict to be the top goal scorer this this season and why uh, I've got a couple of odds I'll probably go through them when I get a chance to speak so yeah again let's go to you James and and talk through a couple of strikers who you might who you think might top the goal scoring charts this season yeah so when you mentioned this as a topic sort of four of the players immediately came to my head. I want to say them, but it's just whether they're still going to be in the division, you know, come the end of the transfer window. So I think you look at, at Watford's attack. Uh, we I think we talked last season about who had the best sort of all-time championship squad. And looking at that Watford squad so far this season, obviously, you know, a few players could, could leave or come in, but they've got, you know, a hell of a squad so far. Um, for the season ahead, I think... It'd be wrong of me not to include any of the Watford players. I think, you know, João Pedro looks very good for them in what I've seen of him so far. Uh, you know, Delafeo and Ismail Sarr as well um, look good players. David Brooks uh, at Bournemouth as well. I expect maybe not top goal scorer, but I expect him to have a very good season if he does stay. Bournemouth, you, you look at who they've still got. You know, Callum Wilson's gone, but they've got Joshua King and Dominic Solanke as well, who I expect to kick on. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Max mentioned him, Timo Fuki. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, picked up from where he left off when he was in the championship last time out. It'd be wrong of me not to include uh, Ivan Tony as well at Brentford. Big money signing, you know, first time really playing at this level. But with the chances that, that the likes of Embuemo and, and Ben Rama, if they do keep hold of him, of course, are going to sort of lay on a plate for him. We know he's a finisher for him. His time at Peterborough. So, you know, if I was Ivan Tony, I'd be I'd be rubbing my hands together with that sort of creativity behind yeah. him. So I'm I'm gonna go Ivan Tony, even though he's unproven, so to speak, at this level. But I just think with the the talent that Brentford have, and if Ben Rama, for example, does leave the money that they're gonna have from from Watkins and Ben uh, Ben Rama leaving, you know, they can go out and buy whoever they want in effect for, for this division. So I'd expect that creativity sort of void left by them to to be replaced. Uh, they'll still have people like um you know further back as well. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Ivan Tony. Um stick my neck on the line a bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of the other names I've mentioned, if they stay in the division, uh, are sort of up there as well. Uh, you know what? You said sticking your neck on the line, but actually, Ivan Tony's the second favourite to be top goal scorer. Uh, he's ten to one, just behind Timu Puki, who is nine to one. So, um, yeah, it does seem strange that, like you say, is is unproven in the championship, but straight, you know, expected to score plenty of goals. But it's like you said, the creativity that Brentford have got, uh, based on the mods and obviously a couple of other players. Uh, Max, what's your thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, there is so many that could that could be up there. I would say, but I, I would be really surprised if he 
if he stays at Watford and he doesn't make a move to the Premier League. I, I'd of course put Troy Deeney up there, um, but he's probably looking likely that he'll he'll go to the Premier League and as well after being left out as well uh, of Watford's opening game uh, against Middlesbrough. So again, a, another probably two contenders for me, and then I'll probably settle it down to one. Um, not being biased here, but somebody like Lewis Graben, again, Lyle Taylor that's just come into Forest, but that's only if they yep. get the service. Graben is no player if he doesn't get the service at Forest. And, um, you know, against QPR, he certainly didn't get the, the service at all. The service to him him was shocking. So I'd probably put Graben up there. Um, so I'm, I, I probably will be, a bit, will be a bit biased. And I'd actually say that Lewis Graben, um, will, is, in my opinion, could be the top goal scorer. But again... I don't know where he sits in the odds. You'll probably have to tell me that, uh, Louis. Yeah, he's third. Um, so he's actually behind Pukki and Tony uh, at mm. fifteen to one. So those three. That's that worth a bet, that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they are decent odds on on all three, even even Pukki at nine to one. Uh, but yeah, we we have picked out the top three. Is there any other player you want to mention, Max? Or do you want me to just jump into my players that you know? I can uh, apart from players like James said, like Pukki, um, probably not. No. Yeah, so I've got a few players that I've wrote down that are potentially underdogs. You probably get between 25 and 35 to 1. And one of them is actually what James mentioned, Lucas Zhao. You know, he's got off to a flyer this season. I know he's he's got the goal in the league, but he also scored that hat-trick um, in the League Cup, didn't he? So I think, yeah, he might have just found his feet this season. I'm not saying that he'll completely run away and score 25, 30 goals this season, but he might be one to watch out for. Another one, Jordan Hugel. We know what he's about in this division. Um, you know, again, he, he could be a player what manages to score up to 20 goals. And then the other one, I think James mentioned him as well, but yeah, Dominic Solanke, there's no reason why he shouldn't be uh, scoring plenty of goals in, in this division. Uh, so that takes us nicely into thoughts and feelings. Um, so if you want to, guys, I think seeing as it's the first show that we're doing with us three and, you know, after just one round of games so far, shall we just discuss the clubs that we support? So if we come to you, James, do you want to discuss Preston? You can dis- choose another team if you want to, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll want to talk about them. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, do I want to discuss them? No, but I, I mean, I will do because uh, it's, it's not sort of making national news, obviously, with it involving Preston, but there's a bit of a sense of unrest at the moment. Uh, Daniel Johnson, who was crucial for us last season, especially with the the lack of goal-scoring strikers that we have, which, you know, is no secret. It's been the same for the past three or four years now. So he's on the verge of a, a move away for about three or four million, which for him to leave for that is absolutely criminal. Um, Rangers, who are looking likely to sign him, are getting an absolute bargain at that price. Um, and then you look, sort of, we, we sort of have at Preston a, a so-called big four. We have Daniel Johnson, Ben Pierce, and Alan Brown and Ben Davies and, all of them are now in the final year of the deal. And Alex Neal's been very vocal in, in sort of recent days about how he's got these players. He wants to build a team around them. He's not getting the backing from the owner. Um, there's sort of reports coming out that he's been given half a million to spend on a striker this summer when I think our top uh, scoring striker in the league last season got three or four goals, which, you know, for a team that finished just outside the playoffs, if it had someone who could have put, you know, 10 away, which, you know, isn't asking too much over the course of yeah. 46 games, you know, could have really put us in that serious playoff contention. So I can understand Alex Neal's frustration. The fans are frustrated because we're not getting these players tied down and we're going to lose them for, you know, a quarter of what I'd say they're worth. Uh, ben Davies is looking like he might go for like four or five million to to Bournemouth, which I think a year and a half ago, Everton were looking at him for about 15 million, which shows, you know, the the lack of planning ahead our board have done um, in that sense. And yeah, it's, uh, after that defeat on the opening day, it's not a, a nice sort of environment around the club at the moment. Hopefully, I mean, as we're recording this, we're playing Derby now, who had a bit of a poor start as well. So hopefully we can get a win in the League Cup and that might sort of lighten the mood a little bit. Um, you know, that remains to be seen if that'll be the case. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's doom and gloom. We're, we're by no means, I'd say, favourites to go down. But I just think that if we don't get it right, we could be sitting in lower half and mid-table for a year or two to come. And, you know, for a team that's been so close to the playoffs for the last few years and just fallen short, it's so frustrating mm. and kicked on and and sort of tried to, to have a proper go at the playoffs. But, yeah, that's uh, that's my little moan about Preston. Um, I'd imagine you two are a little bit more upbeat, uh, especially you, Louis, with Sheffield winning at the weekend. Yeah, but when, yeah, but you're not starting the season on minus 12 points, at least. So uh, well, maybe, We're giving you uh, a head start with the way that we're playing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that we'll, we'll finish above you this season, but I can't see it. Um, just before you know, we finish on Preston, though, do you think that, Alex Neal's taken Preston as far as he can and do you realistically think it is going to be about halfway where Preston finishes season? Uh, I think we, unless something amazing happens and we actually spend a bit of money uh, between now and the end of the transfer window, uh, I think we will finish about halfway. We haven't signed a player for money since January 2019, which that's what, three transfer windows now, so uh, mm. that's not good enough. Uh, do I think he's taken them? As, us, as far as he could take us uh, with the back in his receiving yes, if he gets money he's proven with the signings he has made when he has been allowed to spend that he tends to get it right um, so I think given a bit of resources you know, we, we got rid of Callum Robinson and, and Greg Cunningham for uh, and Jordan Hugill for I think a combined you know, 15 million and none of that has gone back into the squad so 
if he'd have been given half of that to spend, um, I think he could have kicked us on a bit more. But at the moment, with the level of backing he's getting, I think it is as far as he can take us. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Alex Neal, you know, did go to another club in the course of the next, I'm going to say 18 months, which I know seems probably quite a long time, but, you know, maybe maybe once the season has finished. But, yeah, I promise you, James, that's probably, you know, that, that's the last time you have to talk about pressing this season if you want to. So <laughs> oh let's... <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Max and uh, oh, let's God. discuss Nottingham Forest. Um, come on, Max, you've got to be a bit more upbeat, are you not? Oh, upbeat in a way, but then probably not. Um, the Forest fan base are a, are a strange fan base, to say the least. And after a defeat against Barnsley in the Cup and um, a defeat against QPR for the opening game on Saturday, I think a lot of Forest fans have already been calling for Lamucci to go, and uh, and 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 this week it's also been um, revealed from the Athletic and various various uh, journalists that um, time's running out for him, which it, it doesn't surprise me anyway. And they think mm. if um, they think if Forest don't win on 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 Saturday against Cardiff, um, which I think we're going to come on to in a bit anyway. Yeah, we will. But, yeah. Um, that um, Lamucci will go, um, which is which is oh, it's just. Very frustrating because if they were going to make the change, they probably well, should have made the change in the summer and get you know brought a new manager. And of course, when Forest somehow and and, and managed to completely bottle um, the, play, the the playoffs and and Hart was probably the worst ever moment Forest fan and probably the, the the biggest shock all season really in the championship for us to fall short when we were even looking you know when mm. um, around Christmas time that we're going to be pushing towards the automatic spot. So, I'm so you know, it, it, I think it was quite a big surprise that that the owners didn't get rid of him then uh, in the summer, uh, get rid of Lamucci in the summer and, and get a new manager in to kind of rebuild and give him the whole of the summer. But then to kind of let him only have maybe two or three games is a little bit uh, cr- criminal in my opinion. So, for me, as, uh, with Forrest at the moment, you know, we've brought in a few decent signings. We've got Lyle Taylor, a lot of freeze in there. We've recently signed a PSG youngster. Or I can't even pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try. Um, and, uh, we've, you know, we've, we've brought in a, a fair few players. Of course, Jack Colback returning to the club and signing on a permanent fee as well. And Luke Freeman as well from Sheffield United, a season-long loan with an option to buy at the end of that. Of course, we've lost... Matt, uh, Matty Cash, of, of course, to Villa. That was disappointing, but ultimately, ultimately I, I think Forest fans knew when we dropped out of the playoffs that he was most likely going to go, which he did. And there's also talk this week that Joe Worrell might be going to Burnley, and, and fingers crossed that's not the case because mm. jo- Joe Worrell and Matty Cash are probably the two best players alongside people like Lewis Graben and Joe Lolly in the Forest squad at the moment. So we've got to be optimistic and we're favourites to, you know, to finish in the automatic uh, spots. But I'm, I'm telling you now, if, if, if Lamucci doesn't win on, um, on Saturday, then I really won't be surprised if I switch on my phone in Saturday evenings and, and see he's been sacked. Um, and if that's the case, you know, if, 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 if they're going to get rid of him, then they need to act quickly, get a replacement in and then move on. But, you know, we've had so many managers in the last few years with Lamucci, well, having the best season with Forrest and the best season that a manager's done in a, in a good few years, it'd be really sad to see him go. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just it's one of those times, isn't it? I think Forrest are, are a really unpredictable club and, and knowing us, we'll go and smash Cardiff 3-4-0 on Saturday. But it was a poor performance against Barnsley in the Cup. Um, and it hasn't been that great over pre-season, but we thought, well, it's only the Cup and pre-season. We'll kind of let that slip. And, and the first real indication was QPR. And, well, it was poor against QPR, really. There was, again, like, like I said earlier, no service to Lewis Graben at all. 
Um, I thought maybe the only key player on the pitch was Luke Freeman. Of course, there's been a lot of cry out from Forest fans to, to see Sabri Lamucci playing our record signing, João Carvalho more, um, the Portuguese midfielder. But it just doesn't seem that, that that's working, whether something's happened behind the scenes there. I don't think you know we, we'll ever know. And I think that needs to be resolved quickly as well because um, something isn't quite right there. So we've got to move on. We move on to Cardiff and, and we'll, we'll see what that brings on. But it's certainly not that optimistic, I think, in the Forest fan base at the moment, definitely. Yeah, it's really fine margins. I mean, I couldn't believe it on the last day of the season that you, you oh, dropped gosh. out of those, those places. It was just unbelievable. You couldn't write that, could you? It's, and, well, and, I, I, I mean... The trouble was, it, it was actually harder to drop out than it was to stay in. So I, yeah, I, mean, it was. <laughs> I just don't get how we did it. But it was Forest, and I think it was just inevitable. As you know, and it was our fault. We we left it down to the last minute. And honestly, listening to Sab- Sabri Lamucci's post-match interview that game, he sounded like a broken man. And I think a lot of people thought he was, if not get sacked, he was going to walk, and he didn't. And we're, a lot of people were shocked that he stayed, and that fingers crossed, he's going to take us forward now. Yeah, that's just championship football. It's so exciting, but if you're, you know, on the wrong end of a defeat like that, then it can be, um, it can be awful as well. You know, it's it's probably it's probably ruined your summer, really, Max, hasn't it? But you know, it's, yeah, uh, it <laughs> it's, it's it's like I say, that's that's just the championship for you, and and we wouldn't change it because it's it's great. But yeah, if I had to ask you, Max, just finally, a prediction of where you think Forest will finish this season, and where you're gonna say? If we can turn it around, top three, if not top two, um, if not, and I think a new manager had to come in with the time of, of building a squad and getting his style of football across, top six or even just falling short, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, at least you're still optimistic, though. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, though, when I say, you know, Forest are so unpredictable. But there is like, there's literally ten or twelve teams in this division. What's unpredictable? So, um, uh, I, yeah, I'll go either way. Yeah. Because I just think the championship is such an unpredictable league and there's no easy game. And that, that I think, like you just said as well earlier, Louis, that I think that's what makes it such a fantastic um, league. Yeah, definitely. It's probably one of the best in Europe. And, and, and that's, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure, you know, that's not just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I'll quickly discuss Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it's, it's a strange one with Wednesday at minute because, you know, you're only as good as your last game and, you know, in, in pre-season and then the Cup and, and, and in, even in the league against Cardiff. We've not conceded a goal yet, but our concern at the minute, even though we managed to score two goals at Cardiff and both Windass and Rhodes scored, who've not been on the best of form for the last few years in terms of notching goals, um, that was great to see. Obviously, the biggest biggest issue is the fact that we were starting this season on, on minus 12 points. I really just wish I knew what the outcome of the appeal was. Um, and it just seems to have gone on forever. I mean, this is this is coming from the accounts of 2018. So we're two years down the line. Yes, we've been punished. Um, you know, the EFL and Sheffield Wednesday both didn't come out of it, you know, in a shining light. Um, I'm not saying Wednesday aren't to blame, but again, I'll be really interested to see the outcome of this appeal because I think, you know, with the evidence so far that I've wrote, that has been written and, and what I've seen is that I think Sheffield Wednesday have got a good appeal on their hands. And, and then you look at the likes of Derby who did escape any deductions. So um, I know it's different circumstances, but yeah, so far I'm quite chuffed with how Wednesday have managed to recruit given their circumstances. You know, I really thought that, 
you know, this season they've struggled to get players to want to come to Wednesday because, you know, our aim ultimately at the moment is is staying out of that bottom three um, and, and surviving this season. So to get players like Izzy Brown on loan from Chelsea, uh, obviously Josh Windass permanently, uh, we've got Shea Dunkley, um, managed to get a couple of other freebies like uh, Delhi Bashiru from Man City. I think we've recruited well, like I say, given the circumstances, decent championship players and you know there seems to be a togetherness at the moment um but like i said earlier you're only as good as your last game and and, and next up we've got a very difficult tie um against watford um who would you know quite rightly expect to get you know that they quite rightly expect to win against us but in this division we know anything can happen so um at the moment given our last result yes i think wednesday fans are quite upbeat and it's it's a lot nicer being on minus nine points than it is on nine as 12 so uh yeah that's my thoughts and feelings on sheffield wednesday Only nine so, to go <laughs> yeah nine more to go and i just hope it comes you know sooner rather than later if we can get to zero in the next well shall we say by the middle of next month then i'll be i'll be quite pleased with that um, and the and the games come thick and fast, obviously, in this division. There's a lot of Saturday, Tuesday or Wednesday games. So, um, so yeah, let's get to zero as, as quick as possible. That takes us into previews and predictions. Uh, I'm going to come straight back to you, Max, because obviously Saturday, the 12.30 kickoff yep. um, is Forest versus Cardiff. So a big game, two teams expected to f- probably finish in that top six this season so what's your preview and prediction for this and you know including a score prediction um cool preview and prediction Cardiff a, a, a tough team to face Forrest have always struggled against Neil Harris's side when he was at Millwall and Cardiff in fact that Forrest um crap I think we lost or we might have drew uh last season when it was behind closed doors again um so Oh, again, so, so to use the word so many times, but honestly, so unpredictable at the moment. So I'd probably say um, if we play the right squad and Lamucci doesn't make any any maybe silly decisions with his team selection of, of not, for example, not starting Thiago Silva or not starting Yuri mm. Ribeiro as well, like he didn't do um, on Saturday. I'd, I'd probably say for, Forrest will win uh, one or two nil. It won't be a high scoring game. Uh, but I really wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. I'd put maybe put 1-1 one, one on it. Um, but then again, Cardiff could beat us. So probably an overall prediction, I'd probably call it a draw, call it a score draw, 1-1. One, one, and um, yeah, so I, I think that Forrest, it, I think it is a must-win game. And I think a lot of people, maybe neutral fans and people that aren't really obviously avid followers of Forrest will probably say, really, that, that, that it's a must-win game this early on in the season. But it is because of the pain and, 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 and there's still the frustration from last season and, and, and that's yeah. kind of dragging over to this season. They're going to make a decision based on that as well and, and take that into account. And, and it's not really a clean state um, slate. So I think it is a must win. Um, so but probably 1-1 overall. But again, Forest struggle against Cardiff and um, really won't be surprised if they uh, put a tough test up against Forest because I'm sure they will and Forest will really probably struggle as well. Yeah, I've got a score drawdown. I've gone for 2-2, actually. Again, because both sides won't want to lose this. Both lost their opening games. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it could be a, a decent game to watch. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a score draw. What's your thoughts on this game, James? What's your score prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go score draw as well. I'm, I'm going to go 1-0. Um, I won't bore everyone because I had literally the same reasons as 
you, Louie. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go score draw. Two teams that I expect to be in and around the playoff sort of race um, going into sort of the end of the season when we get up to that. So, yeah, I think score draw. Uh, still early in the season, both teams coming off the defeat. So, neither will be looking to lose and go zero for two. So, yeah, yeah I think they'll cancel each other out and go for a score draw on that. Cool. Do you want to carry on and take us into the next key fixture, what we've picked out, James, which is Saturday at three o'clock, Swansea versus Birmingham. What's your preview and prediction for that? Yeah, um, Swansea, I said, obviously, they looked all right against us. Um, I wouldn't say amazing, but I think that they're going to be one of the teams in and around the top half as well. Um, Who to go for in this? I think I'm going to go Swansea purely for the fact that they're at home. Um, I know that's very sort of foolish reason to pick someone um, to win. I think obviously both teams winning their opening games will be full of confidence. I think Swansea out of the two squads have probably got a little more quality, a little bit more quality and depth uh, than mm. Birmingham. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, going to go Swansea. Could go either way this one, to be completely honest with you. Max touched on earlier that Birmingham have got a very talented side this season, but I think Swansea has got that little bit more, uh, they've got a few more sort of players capable of, of providing something out of nothing. So I'm going to go Swansea, but I think it'll be tight. So I'm going to go 2-1 in that one. Yes, I've got Swansea written down to win also. I've gone for 1-0 and I've gone for the same foolish reason as you because they're at home. Um, they impressed me at home last season. And I think that, you know, Steve Cooper's done a good job there. They've got some good players and I think they can beat anyone when they play at home. So, yes, I've got 1-0 to Swansea. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Max? Swansea, Birmingham, uh, probably I'd actually say because about Birmingham early, I'd probably say Birmingham win, um, just because I think they'll keep the good run going. I can see probably 1-0 to Birmingham, actually, or 0-0 uh, probably. Yeah, I can see why you've said that. It really could go either way. I know these diffi- uh, games are certainly difficult to, to predict because yeah. they're very evenly matched. Um, but that takes us into Sunday, which is Stoke versus Bristol City at 2 o'clock. James, should we come back to you? What's your preview prediction for this one? I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Stoke, which I know Stoke drew their first game at Millwall. Millwall is a very difficult team to play. Um, that's sort of not to say that Stoke were poor. I think Bristol City. I always just, and I've said it for the last few years about them. They, they're in a similar sort of mould to Preston, where they can be fantastic on the day, but they always seem to just fall short. And I think Stoke this season. With Michael O'Neill in, are going to go off. I mean, they can't be they can't be worse than they were last season. But I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last season. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are in serious contention for the playoffs. They've looked good so far in pre-season. But it's all right against mm. Millwall, probably unlucky not to win the game. So I'm going to go Stoke. Um, again, I think it'll be quite a tight game, but I think Stoke are going to just shade it. So I'm going to go one 0 Stoke. Cool, yeah, I've gone for Stoke. Again, Max said it at the beginning of the show, Birmingham and Stoke could be underdogs this year and, you know, find themselves pushing those playoffs. And, and I think Stoke are going to do OK also. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Stoke um, in this one, uh, just because I'm not sure about Bristol City as yet. I know they got the victory the other day, but sometimes they struggle away from home. I'm still got question marks over them and, and, and their new manager, even though I know a lot of people have tipped them to do well this season. So, yeah, Max, let's come to you. What's your thoughts on Stoke versus Bristol City? Uh, I'd probably actually tip, um, tip, I was about to say tip Birmingham, <laughs> tip Stoke, um, yep. just be, just because again, I, I, I backed them earlier. Of course, 
Uh, Bristol City new manager Dean Holden. I think that's a. I, I was quite shocked that um, Bristol City appointed him. Of course, when um, Lee Johnson uh, left, I, I I really can't see Bristol City doing a lot this season. I might be proven wrong. I probably hope I am as well. Um, but I can probably see Bristol City just having a mid-table finish. So I'd actually back um, Stoke because they're an underdog and. I think if they've got a, a decent squad out there, and I think Sam Lucas is a player to look out um, for for Stoke as well. I think he, I think he had a quite a decent game against Mill, and like um, like James touched on there, Millwall's such a difficult place to go. So mm. for me, um, Stoke, I think will be actually quite full of confidence, and we'll probably get a win. I'd probably say two or three nil actually over Bristol City. Okay, so we all agree a home win on that one, James. Shall we just quickly come to you? Just tell me how you think Preston will fare against Norwich away. Uh, get beat. <laughs> uh, okay. no, I, um, I think uh, un- until we, I mean, looking at our first six fixtures, I should say we have got a very difficult run for sort of six games or so. But after that, it does open up, and and there are winnable games in there. I think it'll be mm. a difficult game at Norwich. If you gave me a point now, I'd be delighted with that. I just until we get a striker in, I just I just can't see us really sort of taking the game two teams we sit back and we just simply don't have anyone who can you know provide that that sort of cutting edge on the break so yeah I'll get killed for saying it I think we're going to lose but I'd be delighted with a draw yeah I've got to agree I think you know any team that goes to Norwich this season is going to struggle I'm pretty sure they won't lose too many at home so yeah if I were you know, predicting a score, I'd probably go 2-0 to Norwich, unfortunately for you, James. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, again, we have reached the end of the show. So, James, do you want to, we'll come to you first, if you want to let our listeners know where they can find you, now be a good time. Yeah, you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Um, obviously, appear on this show. Do quite a bit of Bundesliga work as well. I've got a few bits sort of in the pipeline for that as well. So if that interests you, uh, give me a follow and there'll be plenty of stuff for that sort of in the coming weeks and over the course of their season. Yeah, cheers for that, James. Uh, yeah, Max, um, let's come to you and just let everyone know where they can find you also. Yeah, I touched on it earlier in the show when we were doing the intro, uh, but Twitter, Max D. Hayes. Also, um, find me on YouTube, Max D. with Max talking about Forest and, and hoping to get a bit of access um, there in the next few weeks behind closed doors to do a bit of a um, what football's like during COVID-19 documentary. So that might be quite nice to do. Um, other than that, again, you can find me anywhere. I'm offered on my to sports' Instagram, Facebook and things. I've signed a bit of a new deal with them this season covering the FA Cup again. So that will start up with all the preliminary rides um, kind of started and, and, and progressing further. So, yeah, check me out on there. But uh, massive thanks for the warm welcome today, both of you as well. It's great to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you. So thanks, guys, for that. We'll be recording, obviously, as as much as possible, uh, usually on a weekly basis. Uh, And I've been your host, at Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter. I do a lot of Sheffield Wednesday statistics. You can also purchase my new book, which is called Very Wednesday, the Extraordinary and Unprecedented 2019-20 Season. That's available on Amazon for $8.99. But more importantly, remember to follow the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. Uh, We post each show to our pin tweet Uh, so yeah as ever we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 